Hey, what's up? Welcome to Tailgate Kings. It's another beautiful Friday out there, but kind of a slow sports week outside of Monday and, and maybe it's yesterday All-Star picking. But we've got a little sports to talk about anyway, so we're going to talk about it. I'm Dr. Die here with Jason Reynolds and Chad, the chef, the master tailgate champion. we got to get some recipes, Chad. And uh, yeah, we got to talk about some J.J. Watt moving because J.J. Watt is gone, guys. He's not in Houston anymore. We knew he was going to be a free agent, but he picked a team. He picked the Arizona Cardinals. All right. I know this news is, you know, we've had some time to digest it. It happened on Monday. It's Friday. We've had a few days. But still, it, it it didn't make any sense for me at the time. Still not making sense now. So help me out, guys. Jason, tell me, Arizona Cardinals, J.J. Watt, is it a fit? Uh, if you follow the money, it is, right? <laughs> right? I thought J.J. Watt would go to Green Bay. He's from Wisconsin. He was a Badger. He has family there. They're a team that can compete for a title. I thought maybe he'd go to Pittsburgh, where both of his brothers are on the Steelers right now, and the Steelers at any time can compete for a title. They're a perennial playoff team, right? Arizona surprised me, but the fact of the matter is Green Bay and Pittsburgh have serious cap issues because they're both paying a lot of money for their quarterbacks. They can't afford a J.J. Watt, not the money, not the money he's asking. So he went to the Cardinals for the money. It's, it's pretty simple. Yeah, Hard no, to blame him too. How many more years does he have left? He gets he gets back with his boy D Hop. Kyler Murray is a bright star. It looks like that's enough. Like you'll know, JJ Watt went signed with the Cardinals on Monday, and suddenly the Seahawks were taking phone calls for Russell Wilson on Wednesday, right? So the Seahawks may not be a threat anymore. The 49ers, they're not really pleased with Jimmy Garoppolo, who they're paying a ton of money. And we'll see how the Matthew Stafford project works out in LA. So might not be a bad decision after all. Chad, what do you think, man? Is the Arizona Cardinals, is that a fit for J.J. Watt, or are you shocked and thought he was going to go to another team? Not not totally shocked, but pretty pretty surprised. I mean, not really one that I think was on the radar for any of us. Uh, and then his statement that he was going there for Kyler Murray, you know, that, that I, don't, I don't know how true that was. It kind of rang hollow for me, more like a, a – an attempt at an endorsement that you're hoping to create or wish into fruition. I don't know. The NFC West is going to be a weird situation. As Jay pointed out, now um, Seattle is starting to field phone calls. You know, the, the Cardinals aren't a, a bad team. You know, it's nice to see him and D hop get back together, but I think there's probably a lot of other teams that he would have had a better chance of, seeing the end of his career come to a conclusion as a winner than there. I, a little surprised, yes. Um, not thoroughly surprised because you got to chase the money at this point. It's, it's, it's always a money game and, and your career is finite and you want to go get as much as you can while you can get it. And they probably threw up the most jack and that's really what swung the deal. No, no, it was. It ended up being the money. You know, J.J. Uh, Watt made it sound like he wanted to go to a winner, so that's why we were all looking at teams like Green Bay or Pittsburgh, not only because of his ties there, but because those teams, you know, were a couple, you know, plays away, were at least in the playoffs or a couple plays away from the Super Bowl in, in, in an instance, you know. So going to Arizona. But when, when Tom Brady went to Tampa last season we were all surprised and then we sat there and we evaluated and we're like well they got a lot of weapons they got this and that you know the defense on Arizona's not a bad defense Chandler Jones really good out there you know and as you point out D hops over there and apparently D hop tweeted him 
uh, over a month ago saying, you know, come, come out here and finish what you started, what we started. So it, are, are we under evaluating Arizona? Are we going to see, you know, like this be like the Tampa Bay of this year or, you know, are a couple, couple more guys going to come over and all of a sudden Arizona going to be a, a real Super Bowl contender here, Jay? If Kyler Murray progresses as much as he has over the last two years, then they are a contender, really. I mean, he, he, the kid's electric. He's really, really good. He looks like a new version of Russell Wilson, honestly. Like, like that division is, is going to lose one Russ and get a new one, basically. Like, he's looked really good. So I don't see any reason they can't compete. And I don't think Seattle's going to be in this conversation much longer. I don't know what the Niners are going to do. They've had so many health issues and they have cap issues of their own. So I, I, it's as fair of a chance as, as any of the teams that he could actually go to. I think he went for the money, but it made sense. And, and he said what he had to say. Everybody wants to hear you want to go play for a championship, but teams that are right in line for a championship now might not have the money to pay you. And, and the, the Cardinals have the money to pay him. So that's, that's where he went. It makes sense to me. I, I think it's a better play. I think our immediate reaction was shock. Wait, that's not a team we expected him to go to. But when you sit down and evaluate it, it makes sense. Yeah, like I said, it's got it's got potential. It's got potential. So, Chad, do you see other free agents showing up in Arizona? Or, uh, or do you see, like I said, J.J. Watt kind of attracting players in a Tom Brady sense? I don't know if he's that kind of magnet. He's certainly a cult of personality type of guy who guys gravitate toward for sure in terms of – his energy and, and what he has shown that he can do for a team and a community. He's been nothing but a stellar Texan on all levels. So there's that to contribute on his end, but he's still, he's still at the waning part of his career and he's not a guy who gets, I mean, the, the comparison to Brady, while maybe it helps draw some other guys out to come play in Phoenix, he doesn't have the impact on the the down to down capability of how much better they get. You know, he, he's he's a guy who is going to be a piece, but they're going to have to do a number of other things to make themselves, um, you know, real contenders. So it's going to have to be, hopefully, him doing what he can do in terms of. Um, going out and, and trying to be a guy who brings other guys in. So if he can do that, then it's worth it, maybe. I, I, I don't know. But, you know, the division is wide open now. I mean, the Rams made the move to get the quarterback, and I think we can all agree that's an upgrade for them. They, to me, look like the front runner to win the division. But if the Cardinals can make a, a couple of – real solid moves I think they are going to need to have a featured back in there to take a little pressure off of Murray because he has to play running back essentially you know you're going to have to get somebody in there who who can really be a horse if they can do that and and add a couple of uh interesting threats Christian Kirk's going to have to step forward or they're going to have to go out and find other things but they're going to have to solidify a couple of the soft spots in that organization but yeah i mean it, it, it's worth a gamble sure i mean it, it, it's really interesting there's a lot of really good talent on there it's one of those teams like i said when tom brady went to tampa bay we were like oh well you know like i said he's got you know mike evans he's got you know uh you know running backs and, and whatnot he's got a great defense there you know and you're like oh well maybe maybe this could work and now you know look at arizona more 
if Jay's right and Kyler Murray continues to to um, improve in, in in his what I guess his third season is going to be what do you call that is junior season or something. Um, if Kyler Murray continues to improve, this team does have a lot of weapons. You know, they got D Hop, they got Kirk, as you said. Kenyon Drake's a very capable running back. I just don't know how much Cliff Kingsbury's uh, offensive script sometimes. Uh, goes to the running game. I think he's very much a pass happy sort of guy, but somebody's got a block. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they've won some exciting games. It could be really interesting, you know, so we'll see, like I said, and, and, and when a guy like JJ Watt goes to Arizona, I feel like in some ways that legitimizes what they're doing. You know, it's like, here's a guy who's, who's, you know, who's going there, who says he wants to win. Maybe now, maybe, maybe, maybe Arizona is a team I want to go to, like, you know, could attract other free agents. And, Speaking of other free agents, Big Ben signed finally with your Steelers, got a little bit of a price reduction, spreading his contract out, you know, brought the cap number down there, Jay. But at the same time, man, you've got like Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner are both free agents, Bud Dupree on the defense. Lots of free agency there still over for your Steelers. So while now you know who your quarterback is for this year, Jay, how do you feel – about the rest of your team right now, you know, do you feel like you're going to get Juju back? Do you feel like you're going to get James Conner back? What's the state of your Steelers? And you guys are definitely drafting a quarterback, you think, this year? You know, I, I'm not sure about the quarterback thing. I, I think Colbert, who's, who's been kind of a genius drafter for his 20 years as GM, he probably has a couple quarterbacks in mind, but he's not going to reach. Not this year, right? I don't see him trading up magically for one of these guys. I could be wrong. He's made some moves before that have totally shocked me and paid off. I always give uh, Le'Veon Bell as an example. Like, who thought he would be that good? Nobody, right? So he has some things, but I, I don't think this is a, a draft you trade up in. I, I highly doubt he will trade up. It, it just wouldn't make sense to me. I, I think you may see Juju Smith-Schuster back with the team. I'm not sure if you'll see James Conner. I doubt you'll see Bud Dupree. I mean, it's, it's just the way it goes. The Steelers need a different running game. If you look at the Steelers last year, they attempted the most passes of any team in football. Roethlisberger didn't attempt his men. There were two quarterbacks who had more than Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger was out for half a game here, half a game there, right? At the end of the day, the Steelers were passing more than any other team last year because their running game was so bad. They will be drafting O-line. They'll be drafting a running back. They'll probably be picking up a free agent. I would, I would consider somebody like Marlon Mack from the Colts. Um, since the Colts now have their solution to Jonathan Taylor, and they'll probably let him go and he'll be inexpensive, him plus a couple of rookies. I think this is a draft where the Steelers focus on D and the run game and maybe re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster. That's kind of the path forward. Then next year you replace Ben if Haskins doesn't become the new Ben. And the Haskins-Ben combo makes sense. Look, the Steelers are a playoff team, so they don't have a good draft pick to get a quarterback. Haskins has been fired, but he's – guy with the same problems that Ben had when he was a young player, same, same foolish problems, uh, big dude, big, big arm. I mean, almost identical. So if there's a guy to mentor Haskins, it's actually Roethlisberger, oddly enough. Like, look, I was a screw up too. Right. So this, this whole thing kind of makes sense. I, I, you know, will the Steelers compete for a Super Bowl? It's doubtful, but will they make the playoffs? Probably. I mean, Jake, you really think that Connor and Juju, you think, you think Juju's the one they're more likely to keep than Connor? I figured Connor would be less expensive, and we know how you guys are wide receiver you. It feels like if Juju got a big enough offer, they'd just be fine with, with, with what's left in the tank. You, you make a good point there, and I'm not – look, if he wants too much, let him go to Arizona or somewhere, right? That, that's fine. But if he wants to work the contract out, I think Juju has more good years left in the tank. I'm not sure about Connor, And whether we blame Connor for that or the line, it doesn't matter – we need to improve 
our run game across the board. So uh, Connor's just one piece of the run game where Juju's a wideout that kind of works on his own. Wideouts are kind of like their own people. You know what I mean? Like they're not, they're not part of that run system. The Steelers really need to work on their whole run system. And I'm just not sure James Connor's a part of that. All right. All right. No, I mean, I, I, I like the idea that you brought about Marlon Mack. Like you said, no longer, you know, probably going to be that much featured in Indy, especially the kind of, you know, the running back situation they've got going on there with not only just Taylor, but Hines and everybody else. So Marlon Mack probably wants a one spot could easily move to the Steelers. Chad, what do you think, man? Big Ben got signed. He's going to play one more year for sure. He's not retiring, you know, but, but the Steelers, man, we don't know, man. Is the Steelers, is there Steelers, Jay still thinks they're a playoff team. Are the Steelers going to be a playoff team next year? Do you think Chad? Sure. Of course. I mean, Tomlin is, he never fails. The guy is money in the bank. You just stick with that guy. He's going to lead you to the promised land somehow. And Jay is 100% accurate. Look, you got Claypool. Deontay Johnson was their best receiver. It wasn't Schuster. He wasn't the guy this year that you were the most afraid of. While Johnson had the drops a little bit, he still was the best guy or the most targeted guy on that team going away. And Claypool has shown you his his value. So receiver isn't your problem. And to your point, Matt, they clearly know how to draft that position they have to be able to balance the offense and give themselves a real fighting chance and get a running back. They, they have to, they, they need to get two, two running backs, three running backs, create some competition, at least maybe all, right, right, yeah. all the running backs you can use Chad Jackson's uh, fantasy draft uh, strategy here. Right? Exactly. Precisely. Exactly. Right. Jay. That's, that's what you, <laughs> you can do. take them all. Yeah, take, take everyone. You don't know when the next guy's going to get hurt or when he's going to underperform. Or Look, it's the most volatile position in the league. Uh, uh, that and offensive line, the two weaknesses that Jay pointed out, he knows his team better than we do. Those are the, the things that you're going to have to shore up. you got to protect Ben because he's not – you know, he's always been sturdy, not necessarily mobile, but not a guy who, who ever really uh, – was unable to escape the the pressure and, and the pocket situation and create place. He's still going to be able to do that. Even at his advanced age, he's going to be able to do that. What you need is to be able to balance that offense out and, and give him enough of a fighting chance with a, a, a solid enough offensive line to keep him upright. And if they can do those things, that defense, we already know who that defense is, and what they do and how they perform. They every year do that. So that's not going away. If you can take care of those two needs, it's not it's not receiver, it's not Juju. He wants to go play tug of war with lions or tigers or bears. Oh my, I don't know. Whatever it was he was doing on TV the other day, I was hysterically laughing. It's great. It's it's great <laughs> for your your TikTok, but is it, is it? Do you really necessarily need that guy? No, you don't. What you need is somebody who can tote the rock for you. And and like we said, it could be three guys. It could be two, three guys. It's not Benny Snell. It's you're gonna have to. You're gonna ha maybe he's a good third down back, but you're gonna have to do something to make that offense not so dependent on Ben's arm. And if they do that, then yeah, this team's definitely a playoff team. Well, the other thing that, I mean, one part of the run game that will definitely be there isn't James Conner, but Anthony McFarland, who who was a Maryland product when Matt Canada was at Maryland, and now Matt Canada is going to be the offensive coordinator. He's a big fan of McFarland. McFarland knows his systems inside out. And, and I expect him to, with Ben, go to a lot more 
high percentage short running back in the flat, flat kind of passes that we really haven't seen in Pittsburgh that often since like since Le'Veon Bell left three years ago. But this will be more of a, a slick Willie Parker style, right? A, a, a more a more uh, a slim back, a faster guy coming out of the backfield. So I think you're going to see a, a different offensive setup. But if it, if they can't run the ball between the guards, they'll have the same problem they did last year. They'll be 10, 6, 11, and 5, squeak into the playoffs and get knocked out. Yeah, Jay, that was, that was something that I was going to ask that, uh, that Chad even brought up. The, the O-line and Pouncey retiring and whatnot, how, how big is, is that going to be, you know, to replace Pouncey, especially, you know, with this being technically Ben's final season, he's only really played with Pouncey, you know? I expect the Steelers to draft offensive linemen, a lot of them. <laughs> if I had to guess what their draft strategy is, it's going to involve offensive linemen and defensive linebackers. And then they might squeak in a running back or a quarterback, but I don't think it'll be to the third or fourth round. And it'll be somebody you're like, who? And then you Google them and you see a highlight reel and you're like, well, that might work. Because they, they know how to go deep in drafts. And, and it's an important thing. That's why I was less concerned with them keeping Ben than keeping their GM. You need a guy who can find talent. Because the worst part about being in the playoffs every year is draft time. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, you know, center feels like just such a, a hard position to draft, too. You know, you've got to have that center quarterback chemistry. So it's a really, really weird kind of like one-year situation. This is Ben's final year. You draft a center. And then what if he doesn't work out with Haskins? I don't know how that works. All right, moving on. NBA. NBA, dude, is we're, we're, we're almost at the, the midseason in a sense. We're getting closer to the All-Star game. We've picked the All-Star teams. How excited are you for those All-Star teams, Chad? Are you excited? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Come on, man. I, How can you, you not know, be excited? I, I like the teams. The teams are interesting. They look fun. I just – the game is always is always um, high-wire act and, and a lot of offense and – not representative of what a real NBA game looks like in any way, shape, or form. It's fun. It but, might look like a Nets game, you know, so you should – I'm going to enjoy it. So. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I can't argue that. But to me, you know, again, in the throes of a pandemic, it feels forced. It feels like it's one of those um, must-dos for the league. But – all in all, I, you know, I, of course I'm going to watch it, you know? Yeah. Duh. But do I, I mean, I hardly care. I just don't, I don't care. I really, honestly, it, the, the teams don't matter to me. Who's on whose team, you know, all of it, it, it should be fun, but in honesty, it's one of those things that in this season, they should have just skipped it. All right. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get you excited for it. I figured, you know, at least they selected the teams. You could, you could be all excited for the teams, but I mean, all right. So the other, the other side of the coin is, 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 is who's the first half MVP right now. I know you guys know, I love James Harden. I, I don't love him. I've never been a James Harden fan. This has been like the first season. I feel like I've become such a James Harden fan because, because all y'all are such James Harden haters that you guys turned me into a James Harden fan. But now James Harden, I feel like just cleaning the floor right now in the NBA. But I know y'all disagree. So, Jay, tell me, man, who's your MVP and why? Uh, It's Joel Embiid, uh, oddly enough, which I never thought I would say. He has grown so much. And I – he has now, like, you know, what we like to call old man game. When you're at the park and there's the old dude who's kind of slow and yet nobody can guard him. You're just like, what's the deal with this guy? (laughs) Right? Like, it – he said, I think it was a week or two ago in a post-game conference, like, 
the game is slowing down for him. And he even said it in like a non-cocky manner. And he's right. It's slowing down for him. He the slowest Euro step in the world. He's a huge dude. He can back it in. Uh, he has touch on, on shots now. And what's most important to me, and this might sound crazy to some people, but it's Embiid's body control this year. When I see him go into the key, like he knows where his body is. He's not flailing. His handle is better. He's not losing the ball. He's not just bumping into guys. He's always been like a hot-headed, emotional, poor player who, in my opinion, was more interested in his Twitter followers or his Instagram followers than his game. And something changed about that guy. I don't know if it's the pandemic. I don't know if it was being in the bubble last year or what it is. But Embiid is just totally different. And I know, like, apparently Vegas, after <laughs> we were talking about this earlier in the week, after I said I was going Embiid, Vegas changed their mind. Not because of me, but because the night after I said that, he talked to the refs into <laughs> giving Mitchell a double technical, getting him tossed from the game, right? Like, it, he's working so well on that team. And he's really taken over an amazing leadership role. And I'm, I have nothing against uh, James Harden at all. He's an excellent pick. He definitely belongs in the conversation. But I just think Embiid's game, his personality, his demeanor, everything about him is, is unexpected. He's impressed me in basketball the way Stefan Diggs impressed me in football. A guy who I'd got used to just not being that good and not having the right attitude is totally taking over the team and showing great leadership skills. And I think the 76ers are – are, are just ahead of the Nets, and they're just ahead of the Nets because of his leadership right now. Man, like I said, I feel like, I feel like everything you said about Embiid almost fits for Harden, you know? So I've got Harden, you've got Embiid. Chad, who's, who's your midseason MVP right now in the NBA? Um, I, you guys, you know, I can't believe you're a Harden apologist all of a sudden. I really – you're just, you're just so stuck on your pick, and I get that. You, I get wanting – your 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 Nets pick to be on point, and it may well be. I could be totally wrong. As wrong as I've been about Embiid, because everything Jay said about Embiid has been exactly right. He's been a me first guy who hasn't worked on his body or his conditioning, or hasn't been able to focus his attention to the game. He's been about all the ancillary parts that come with the NBA lifestyle and not really focusing on what makes you a star and great. He's got a real good team around him. He's got a real nice chance to be MVP. Harden has definitely shown who he is, you know, wearing the fat suit in Houston and then showing up and doing. There's no proof he wore a fat suit. Come on now. I don't know if there's proof, but you look well, at those well, Figuratively, if not literally. <laughs> yeah, I, I, exactly. One, one or the other. He, either he, he's got some, some incredible body wraps and ways to drop 15 pounds inside of three days, you know, that I'm sure some of these, these models in Hollywood would be interested in hearing about. Look. Harden has, has done everything that's asked of him. He's gone in and sacrificed his number of shots, his, his stature even. I mean, you, you kind of you have to applaud it. I, as much as I don't love the guy, I do like anybody who can sacrifice for the better of the team, and he's done that. So I don't know if that makes him an MVP. I would put him beat ahead of him. But I'm, I'm going to go with my homer pick. You know where I'm at. I'm I'm sorry. I mean, Steph's ah. numbers are, are the same or better than when he was named unanimous MVP, and he doesn't have the guys around him. I mean, 
he, he doesn't have near the team that he had when he was putting up those numbers, and he's carrying this team. He's going to pull this team into the playoffs. Nico Mannion started last night. Jordan Poole was their leading scorer. I mean, they didn't have Ubre. They didn't have Draymond or Steph last night. They, they're battling injury. They're in the playoff discussion. And the only reason they're doing it is because the guy who has the most points scored up until this point in the season is putting up MVP style night after night performances. If you want to, if you want to fight it, you can fight it and you can hate it, but the dude is a freak and he's your, at this point, half season MVP. All right, look, I mean, I, I'm going to stick by the fact, you know, without Clay there, of course you're going to put up more numbers, you know. But, but you know, I'll, I'll let you have your no, over pick. You get, you get better shots when you have more guys that, are, you, that you're forced to guard on the floor at the same time. If you can spread it out and make yourself more open because there's another guy on the floor that you have to guard, you're going to get better shots. He's not getting better shots. Now he's, he's – being completely keyed on look at what go watch some of the defenses that these teams are throwing up they're doing what they they were doing to Antetokounmpo you know they're throwing they're throwing a wall at him they're they're putting one guy out front and two guys and they're almost playing like a little diamond one and they are that's exactly right and and they're like look anybody beat us but Steph and Steph is still beating that ass i'm sorry that's do you understand how incredibly impressive that is i mean it's it, it is it is it, his shot selection is impossible that they go in is impossible and that he's carried this team who has no chemistry brand new to each other and none of the parts that they're used to that he's gotten them to where they are now if how is that not value what is what else is that how else do you describe what he's doing other than raw total value. I want to put in an honorable mention for the guy we didn't talk about in CP3. I think Chris Paul, what he's done in Phoenix, also needs to be applauded. The Phoenix Suns, basically the same team they were last year, but they added Chris Paul, and they're, uh, they're now second in the West. So, um, you know, I think, I think CP3, we, I, another guy I don't like. So um, I'm, I, I'm not putting him as MVP, but I think he might be in the conversation well, I think we're, we're seeing like kind of leadership skills from him that are really nice to see, especially the way he's really helping uh, uh, DeAndre Ayton and Booker there like really evolve. And I think there's something to be said for that. I don't think it's MVP discussion, uh, uh, but but his his sort of player coach role he's taken on there, it, it's really working for him. And he's to be complimented for that. I, I think it's something we we don't uh, we don't see as much in sports as we used to, and it's something that can really take a young team to the next level quicker when you get a veteran who's willing to, to, to show them how to be, you know, I, I think we've seen uh, something similar with Freddie Freeman dealing with guys like Ozuna and, and Albies and Acuna and Atlanta, you know, you get, you get the old vet who knows what to do and they teach the young guys how to do it. And suddenly that team gets so much better. So I, I'm with you uh, all, all praise to CP3 this year. He's done a great thing out there. Yeah, no, that, that was a good way to put it. Not, not, not an MVP hey, well, thing, but a leadership thing. I like that. Hey, look, look, and, and here, here, uh, I, I like the Freddie Freeman uh, approach. Freddie Freeman is a much nicer guy than Chris Paul is. Chris Paul is kind of a, a, a prick. He's just one of those guys that will say the things that the team needs to hear regardless of <laughs> whether or not you like it. He doesn't give a crap. And you know who I compare him mostly to is a guy like Jimmy Butler, who 
They don't give a rat's ass if you want to hear it or not. They're here to win and they will help you win and they will force everybody to raise themselves up to a level they didn't know they had in themselves. That's what CP3 has done everywhere he's played. He's, he's a guy who, I mean, even on that Oklahoma City team, they, they were, that was a garbage team. And there they were hanging around just long enough to be like, how is this team even in conversation? But it's because a guy like that makes everybody better by force of will, by just absolutely showing them how to do it with, with on-court presence and in the locker room leadership. That's, that's how Miami made it to the finals. Jimmy Butler willed that team to the finals and then nearly willed them to a real opportunity to win. So there are those guys, and CB3 will always be one of them, regardless of how much you like him or not. To me, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and if I'm making a team of 12, he's dangerously close to my 12th guy. All right, breaking news, uh, Blake Griffin has taken uh, the buyout from the Pistons, so we'll see. He's now an unrestricted free agent. I'm sure we'll be talking about Blake Griffin then a little bit next week. Uh, Jason, you mentioned Freddie Freeman, which is perfect because baseball has started, at least preseason. Like, we'll get to fantasy baseball more next week, but, you know, just preseason going into it, what, what are some things, Jay, you think, uh, you think the average baseball fan should be looking for uh, this season? Man, you know, I, I, baseball and basketball have a lot in common where you, you want to look at where players have moved around and where they've, where they've switched teams, right? The Padres get, getting both Darvish and Snell this offseason. Like, that, that's like, like build your own rotation. Like, choose your own all-stars. I thought they'd get one, not both. You add that to the money they've spent on Machado and, and Hosmer and then their own system that brought them a guy like Tatis. And suddenly the Dodgers, who just won a World Series, look like they're in trouble in their own division. That is going to be the Yankees Red Sox of this season. I, I, like LA is uh, LA and San Diego is stealing the Boston New York competition. And then I also think that the NL Central is going to be tighter than people think. The Cards have Arenado now and Goldschmidt, which is which is awesome. I think the Brewers are actually going to bow out of this conversation a bit because I, I think Gelich is almost all alone. But the Cubs with Bryant and Rizzo and Hap and Baez, and Contreras, and now they got Jock Peterson, who's going to want to be an everyday player, not, not just a platoon guy, not just batting against righties, right, who, who showed, off, showed off what he can do in the World Series, too. I think the Cubs are your post-type sleeper. I think they have potential like the Sixers have in basketball, where everybody's forgotten about them after a few years of trusting the process and waiting for them to get back in it. I think the NL Central is going to be real, a lot of fun to watch, too. Um, and then, likewise, I think the AL Central is exciting with the Twins and the White Sox which are both young, exciting teams, and they're going to they're gonna go head-to-head. -head. And the White Sox, they finally got some veteran presence there. They, they have Lynn as a starting pitcher. They brought in Hendricks as a closer. They brought in Eaton as a batter. And they're doing what we just talked about with Freddie Freeman, but in reverse, <laughs> right? Like, like they got the young guys. Now they're bringing in old vets and a, a, a veteran closer, a veteran starter, a veteran hitter, guys who know their stuff and know about clubhouse presence so that they can put that young White Sox squad together. That plus bringing in, who do they get? Lasorda is their, is their coach. Like they, they have it going on. I think White Sox twins is another thing to look out for. I think the bad news for, for most of our listening radius is the Astros may be in trouble. We don't know when Verlander's coming back from surgery. I think he gets back at some point, but I don't know how many months off that is. And I think we're going to miss those Springer dingers. It, it gives Chad's A's a, a real chance to take the West this year. 
Oh, Chad, your A's, they're, they're always kind of in contention, right? So what, what, what are you looking for this season, Chad? How, how much of that uh, do you echo? How much of that uh, are, 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 are you different on? Jay's, Jay's so far ahead of me right now. Like, I, I, we lost Simeon. We lost Hendricks. My A's, you know, Chapman's still not sure how much he's going to be able to contribute. Um, my A's are, are always a patchwork. And we seem to somehow continue to stay in the fight with no payroll and, and, you know, a, a, at this point, pretty mediocre farm system. So I'm obviously always watching my A's. I, I, I won't be disingenuous. Baseball's kind of fallen off my radar. You know, there's a lot of, of other things going on and, and baseball has been one of those things that's kind of, they've made a bunch of, bad decisions and they made some PR decisions that it's, it's made it hard to, hard to, to watch it. And that shortened season was odd and weird. And now they're changing all the rules. They're changing the ball. It's just, I I don't know if it's just, it was my favorite. It's my favorite sport. I mean, still it's growing up. It was my whole life was baseball. I, I wanted nothing more than to be the shortstop for the Yankees. That was my life's goal. So I, I don't, I don't know enough about it right now. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to, and I'm, I've had an opportunity to watch a couple of these, um, you know, cactus and grapefruit league games and, and see some of the talent. And I don't know who's where, I don't know. I, I don't know who's gone to. Uh, I saw Jock Peterson hit a bomb the other day. I mean, I, you know, there's, there's so many moving parts and there's so many things that, I'm just I'm I'm waiting to see more and I want to be a fan again but right now I'm I'm kind of I, I baseball is a little bit dead to me it's weird it's, it's the hardest thing that I've ever said in my life I can't believe that it's really the truth but it is it's it's I don't know I don't know it's it's just not nearly as important as it used to be well here I'll help you out Chad you might want to see how your A's do today with this kid AJ Puck pitching who's had, uh, what, two surgeries and hasn't had a chance to, uh, to, to start or make it to the major since then. He's a, he is just a six, seven monster of a man. He could be very well be the Aaron Judge of pitchers, <laughs> right? Like, huge dude. And uh, yeah. uh, probably the A's number one prospect. He's pitching today for the first time in a spring training game, I think in like 18 months or something like that. It should be interesting to see. If he makes it into your rotation, uh, uh, I, I think you slip by the Astros. I, I like that. I do. I've, I've been, I think, as all these fans have been waiting with bated breath on Puck, we've wanted to see his realistic trajectory. You know, but that's that's kind of the A's MO. You know, they, um, they bring in guys or, or they acquire guys on, on you know, Puck, we drafted Puck, I think, right? Didn't we? I, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think he was brought up through you guys, and he's your number one prospect. And it's not odd for this. I think what it was is that his Tommy John surgery didn't go too well, and he needed to go in and clean it up. And now he's got his stuff back, and he, he feels better. I, I think that he'll he'll demonstrate the stuff today and for the next month. I think they'll they'll mess with his service time and not bring him to around the All Star break. But if they're in contention, and you know they they only get a shot to make a run every four or five years, basically, if they're in contention, they may even pull him up earlier. I, I think he has a real chance. Of, of being in a, a race early against the Astros in the West. 
All right. Well, it looks like Chad and I have a lot of research to do before next week, you know, to catch up with you, Jay, because obviously you're uh, you're on it, on it, my man. So next week we'll talk some fantasy baseball, and I'm sure the sports world will uh, eventually cough up Russell Wilson or, or uh, Deshaun Watson somewhere. And probably not next week, but maybe we'll get some news. I'm sure they'll be I think news. Russell Wilson's gone, Matt, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I, we'll just see when it's going to happen. So, uh, like I said, we'll be back next week talking fantasy baseball, uh, talking uh, positions, uh, pitchers, uh, batters you want to look for in your draft. And, uh, like I said, we'll be talking as well. Uh, uh, any any football or basketball music that comes up. All right, we are the Tailgate Kings here. We'll be back next week. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Spotify, and be sure to check out Jackson the Kid, our basketball podcast, our NBA. So, yeah, man, we got lots of stuff going on. We'll be back, like I said, next week. Tailgate Kings, check us out. <laughs>